Welcome to Talking Late Night, where we spotlight top comedians and their late night influences. Here's your host, Max Cantor. Hey everybody, and welcome to Talking Late Night. I'm your host, Max Cantor, and today on the show, I have an Atlanta-based stand-up comedian. She was actually listed in Paste Magazine as a comedian to watch in 2016, and she can be seen performing all over the city in a bunch of different shows. So please welcome to the show, Jen Lenny. Welcome to the show, Jen. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you, learn all about your comedy career, how you got started, how you ended up where you are today. Um, so to jump right into it, uh, growing up, what late night or television shows influenced you in your comedy? Oh, um, that's a really good question. I guess um, when I was a really little kid, I remember my parents watching um, Comedy Central specials like late at night, and I would like sneak out and like watch them, and like I would giggle, and I was supposed to be asleep, and I think they would just ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, that's the earliest that I remember watching stand-up. So when you say Comedy Central specials, you're talking about stand-up comedy? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember, like, a specific one that really left an impact on you? Um, I remember Dana Carvey for sure because he, you know, had a lot of jokes that would appeal to kids, like the Broccoli song, and hmm. he was kind of goofy and silly, so I really, like, I really liked him. I remember Paula Poundstone, too, and, like, Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if this is making me sound old, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, watching those guys. And I would just watch it and be like, wow, like, my parents are happy. What are these people doing? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting because you felt this attraction to stand-up. Did you feel this type of attraction to, like, any other type of comedy, like sketch? If we're talking about childhood, I would say no, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't think I had a concept of what sketch was or... Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah. like stand-up. And how old were you when you first like started noticing stand-up and it noticing that it made your parents laugh? Probably like four or five. Wow, so yeah. you were very young. You were really young. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, so would you consider yourself like a funny child? Um, definitely. I don't know that I was funny, but I was always trying to be, Mm -hmm. uh, to like alleviate, you know, tense situations. Mm -hmm. Otherwise I was very silent. I was a very quiet kid. I didn't talk a lot. Like I remember my teachers used to call home and ask my parents if I was like, okay, or if I was abused because I (laughs) never talk in class. Wow. That's so Mm -hmm. that's so crazy. You you never talked in childhood, but now what you do for a living is talking. Yeah. It's so crazy. It almost makes perfect sense, right? (laughs) So as a kid, you you said, you know, you started seeing your parents laughing at four and five. Did you start acting like in school? Like you tried to start making your friends laugh and you started trying to make your parents laugh? Um, not consciously, no. Like, I never did theater, and I never, I never, like, intended to be funny. I think I just would say whatever would, like, you know, make people not so upset or serious in certain situations. Mm-hmm. Um, But no, I never, I actually couldn't stand, like, acting, and a lot of my 
friends in school did theater, and I was just like, oh, this is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> like, why would I want to come in after school and do more school stuff? You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Like, I had zero interest in doing that. Now, when when you so you were saying you, you know you weren't making people laugh on purpose, but did you make people laugh through words or through actions? Oh, for sure, words. I'm not a very you know physical comedian at all. Oh, okay. And so uh, I think that's so funny that <laughs> you were you know you were trying to be funny, but at the same time you weren't trying to be funny. Yeah, it's definitely definitely one of those things where you just. And I don't know if I was always trying to be funny. Like, I would just say things and people would be like, that's the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. Or, you know, it was funny to them. And maybe sometimes I didn't understand why it mm-hmm. was funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and that's, yeah. Yeah. So did you like, you liked more, like, absurd comedy? Is that what you're saying? Mm, I don't know. You know, I don't, I wouldn't say that. I wasn't like. Um, being absurdist, mm-hmm. and I don't tend to do that in stand-up, but um, I think just my perspective was odd. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I see, I see. So so as a young kid, you know, you were talking about how you did not mean to do this, you weren't meaning to be funny. When was the moment for you that you realized you wanted to be a comedian and you wanted to make people laugh on purpose? Mm. That's a good one. I, you know, I don't want to sound like argumentative, but I don't know that I ever had that moment. Like, I never wanted to be a stand-up, really. And I always had people telling me I should do it, like insisting that I do it, that I would be good at it. And I would always be like, well, why would I want to do that? Like, those people seem miserable and they don't make me money. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, the way I started was um, I had a coworker who was just like, I want you to go do stand-up. If I do it, will you do it? And I was like, that's crazy. I was like, you don't have to do that. Like, she had no intention of doing stand-up. But she, like, wrote a set and, like, went with me on that day and, like, did a stand-up set. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, if if she wants me to do this and she's being so encouraging, like, how could I not? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to bag out so bad. I didn't want to do it, but yeah, I did. And then I was hooked. <laughs> so how old were you when, when this happened? Um, I would say it was probably three years ago. So I was like 26 or 27. Wow. So you really didn't get into like stand up and comedy until a little bit later. Right. Yeah, definitely. I'm still pretty newish to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I resisted as long as I could. <laughs> um, but, you know, I did, I, you know, I had an idea. I guess I'm kind of being like, I had an idea that I wanted to do stand-up or at least try it because I did do theater before um, stand-up just to get used to, like, talking on stage and stuff. I, like, uh, joined Twinhead Theater. Um, they're kind of like an independent theater group in Atlanta. And, um, yeah. That that was probably how I guess it started. So actually. so if you didn't know that you wanted to be a stand up comedian, what did you want to be instead? <laughs> oh, I I had no idea what I wanted to be, but I knew what I didn't want to be, which is what I was, which was 
nothing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, I worked in restaurants, and I drank a lot, and did unsavory things, and I think after a certain point, I was like, this can't be my life, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh-huh. And so I had this, like, these people that I worked with at the restaurant had a theater group, and one day they invited me to come do it, and I was like, I don't have any experience, I don't think you're, I think you're wrong. Like, <laughs> I don't think yeah. you mean to invite me. And they're like, no, like, just come and help us write, and, you know, we'll just see where it goes. And so I went to, like, one writing night, and then I just kept going, and I never stopped. And, like, in, like, a month, I was, like, performing in, like, a play, and it just, I had no idea I was going to do that. <laughs> now, if they hadn't pushed you to like get involved in the arts community and the comedy community, do you ever think you yourself would have voluntarily went? Um, a hundred percent. No, I never would have. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I said, when I was little, I was I didn't talk to a lot of people, and you know that's kind of true of me. I have a lot of anxiety. Um, so I would never have gone and done it if other people hadn't like held my hand and like been really encouraging Mm -hmm. yeah I probably wouldn't so the do you remember the first time that you tried stand-up oh yeah so tell me tell me that story how did it go um well (laughs) I am so I told you a girl I worked with was like if I go do this there's a hanger they used to have a virgin show and so everyone on the show was new, or they had only, it was supposed to be like, it's like the first, second, or third time, but no more than that. Um, and so she was like, nobody else has done it, so there's no pressure, and I'm going to come do it with me too, and yada, yada, yada. And like, I literally couldn't say no. And so I wrote a little set out, and I've been like going and watching comedy for a really long time. Like, I've been... So I had another comic tell me, if you want to do comedy, you should go and watch it for like a year. He was like, go to Starbar every Monday, watch it for a year. And then if you still want to do it, <laughs> you should try it. <laughs> okay. And that's just how I started out. I just started showing up. And so one day I finally like was like, okay, I'm going to do this. You know, I showed up. I was like so nervous. And unbeknownst to me, um, some other people and friends of mine had found out and like half the crowd was my friends. Like I would say like 15 people I knew showed up to like support me, which is not what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I, I was hoping just to come and like say some dumb stuff and then leave. And suddenly now there was like kind of like some pressure on it, um, which I wasn't prepared for. So I just, stood on stage and I read the things that I wrote off my phone. Like, I, I didn't perform them at all. I literally just <laughs> read it off my phone, which is a big no-no. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that was it. People laughed and I was like, what the hell just happened? Like, I don't know. Yeah, that was it. Now, so earlier you talked a little bit about having anxiety and combating that. Uh, how did you overcome the anxiety of performing that very first time you did stand-up? Um, that's a good question. I don't know if I overcame it. Um, you just kind of learn how to deal or, mm-hmm. like, cope, I guess. 
So, uh, you know, I was super nervous. Like, I was shaking and um, probably sweating, and <laughs> my mind was racing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, you know, it was pretty uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, uh, it's like, uh, it's kind of like, you know, riding a roller coaster or something. Like, the adrenaline of it is what is also really awesome about it. So mm-hmm. the same thing that's like ruining my life yeah. <laughs> in this moment is like the same thing that I like get a lot of like, you know, pleasure out of because it's like a feeling that you can't really get that easily. Mm-hmm. Now, when you finished that first set, you said it went well, people laughed, felt good. Were you like, okay, yeah, I'm going to keep doing this. Oh, it this. did not feel good. Oh, it did not feel good. <laughs> oh, no. So it did not feel good. Oh, no. It was horrible. Yeah. It really? It was a show and I lost. Yeah. Oh, oh, no. And everyone thought that I should have won, but they, the person, another comic, like, picks the winner, and the other comic picked the other person. And so oh. <laughs> all my friends were mad. They were like, she got robbed. And I was like, you know, it made it even worse where I was like, no, if I lose, just let me lose. I don't want to, you know, <laughs> like, don't fill my head with, like, you know, false dreams. Right. Like, oh. I lost. Oh, no. So afterwards, like, we all went to a bar and just sat there, and I was just, like, crushed, but also, like, so, you know, touched that everyone came, but also, like, crushed, and, you know, they felt awkward because no one likes to see someone suck. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm just like, I didn't invite you guys anywhere. But, you know, glad that they were. It was a really, it was not great, but it wasn't awful either. So then what made you want to do it again? You know, that's the crazy thing. In school, I took, I did English. I was an English major. And there was like a whole thought behind what is like the masochism of like writing and reading, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I used to have a teacher who would argue that like to be a writer, you have to be a masochist because it's it's so painful um, that you have to enjoy that pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would I would say the same with stand up. Like, some part of me really enjoys how uh, hard it is <laughs> <laughs> and how upsetting it is. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so interesting. You're the very first person, the very first guest that I've had on that was like, yeah, my first time was horrific, but I still do it. I still go back. (laughs) That's so interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm surprised other people's first times weren't bad. I feel like they're long. I will say the majority of people who I talk to, stand-ups, they always tell me, or the majority at least, they tell me the first time was magical. Like it was the greatest moment of their Are entire you life. I me? swear, I swear to you, the first time was Are magical. And that the second time they did it was like horrific. It's always the first time is great <laughs> and the second time sucks. So it's That's interesting bizarre. to hear it from the you. The second time I did it, I won. I won the competition. <laughs> See, you're flipped. So the second time I did it, I was like, yeah, I felt like this was like no one showed up. <laughs> You know, it was just me. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that helped take the pressure off a little bit of, like, you know, embarrassing yourself. <laughs> I, so I, I did well, and I won. And that's when I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. 
this is awesome. Yeah, your experience is flipped from literally almost every single person I've ever talked to. Oh, well, I'm just so unique, you know what I mean? It's you you're very special. You're very special. It's a very special story <laughs> I'm that you very have. special. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell me, um when you first started stand up, what did you decide to talk about or to write about? Oh, I love how every time you ask me a question, I go, oh, (laughs) (laughs) that must get annoying. I'll try not to be very good. Um, Don't worry. I, you know, uh, that's tough. Since I've started, I've always been like, who are you? What's your brand? What do you want to say? You know what I mean? Mm Because as a writer, you always want to be thinking about those things. Um, So I think I just did anything that I thought people would laugh at, like, but I mostly did family stuff. I mostly did jokes about, you know, like, uh, my grandmother, my mom, and a lot of things about like, you know, like how women handle sex and stuff like that. So pretty much anything for an easy laugh I would do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you kept it very personal though. Oh, for sure. I have a really hard time leaving that arena. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. That's kind of like this, the selfish part of it for me is that it's like, oh, no, no, no. I want to talk about my experience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not interested in anyone else's experience. Do you use stand-up as kind of like a release to talk about like any stress or problems that you're having? Mm, yeah, people do use it today, and I've tried. I've tried like and I host a show now weekly, so like every week it's like you gotta have something. So you just kinda like go up sometimes and you're like, I'm just gonna talk about my day. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> um and to me, I really don't like that. I really it doesn't work. Like I'm not a good I'm not quick witted in that way. I'm way more of a writer, so I get a lot of pleasure out of like writing something and then like having it do well. Mm-hmm. Like that makes me really happy. Whereas, like, using it to, um, I don't know if you can hear this. I'm in a parking lot, and this person just drove it up, and they're blasting music. Um, it's awesome. Um, but I don't, what were we talking about? I have ADHD, so I already forgot. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about uh, writing to share your problems and stress with, right. through stand-up. Sure. Um so, okay, now my brain's going a different direction. It's like there's a high-level view of that and the, like, low-level. Like, on a day-to-day basis, like, talking about how, how I'm doing, I don't like. But high-level, like, talking about, like, you know, like, I like to talk about, like, women's issues and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I like to, like, work through that, which I view as, like, personal. Mm-hmm. Um but not so much being like, my day sucked. My boyfriend broke up with me. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That stuff doesn't really do it for me. Right, right. I got you. And to talk a little bit about your writing style, like how do you write? What is your writing method? Mm, that's a good question. Oh, I just did it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't really have one. I right, right now, you know, when you stare, you sit down, and you go, oh, "I'm gonna write a joke." It's <laughs> just like, you know, it's kind of absurd. You just sit down and you're like, "What's funny? I don't know. Like, what is life?" Um, 
But now, anytime I say anything to anyone and they laugh, I like immediately take out my phone and I write it down. Mm. Um, and that's kind of how I do it now. Or anything that I think of where I'm like, oh, that's a really good, that's a unique like thought or a unique subject or a unique premise. I'll write that down. And then I take it home and I intend to expand on it. And I don't always do. <laughs> um, yeah, my phone is just full of notes. Like one night I accidentally deleted my notes and I was like, thought I was going to die. <laughs> I was going to have a heart attack. Um, but I, I recovered it. <laughs> so uh, are you someone who will write out the set uh, word for word or as much as possible? Or you just have topics? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I used to keep me fun all the time because if you looked at my notes, it was literally the joke. Like, a lot of people write, have, like, really tight sets, they call it, or really tight notes. Like, you know, you do a 10-minute set, and you've written down, like, three joke names. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, like, a really, really tight set. But mine, I'll have to write down every single word until it's, like, really memorized. Wow. Um, Man. I won't, I won't remember. I have a really bad memory. <laughs> but you write it all out. Yeah. I do. Well, the problem with that is that I tend to read notes a lot. So, you know, that first time I was looking off my phone, like, I've been reading off notes. I still do it sometimes, which is a huge no-no. Like, it it, it takes the stand-up comic part out of it, because now I'm just a reader. I'm just (laughs) up there reading. You know what I mean? Uh And you're supposed to, like, be doing it off the cuff. It's supposed to be, like, an illusion. Like, you're like talking to the audience, you're interacting with them, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, right. And that's something that I struggle with because I just want to write stuff and just read it out to people. <laughs> <laughs> I will say too, Jen, you stand out from the other standards that I've talked to because the majority of them uh, when I ask them about how they write, their writing method, they answer about they have topics that they talk about. They don't write it word for word. So once again, you're doing something way different than the majority of other people who I've talked with. Whoa, I'm so special. This episode she called She's So Special. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I publish this interview, I'll say my interview with Jen Lenny, comma, the most unique person I've ever interviewed. <laughs> that'll be Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, be you have to do that. Your description of, of how I describe you. I love it. She's the worst comedian, but the most unique person <laughs> <Yeah>. I've interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So for for you, um, you you did the stand up the first time, you lost. You did it again, you won. Um, <laughs> yeah. When did you get to a point where you were like, okay, you know what? I think I can do this. Mm. You know, I feel like I'm still doing that. <laughs> like I think a year ago, like two years in, I was like, all right, do you really want to do this? You know what I mean? Like. After a couple of years, you meet everyone, you meet out-of-towners, you hear a lot of stories, and you kind of get a sense of what it's really going to be like mm-hmm. um, and how hard it really is going to be, uh, especially as, like, a female or, you know, small town or whatever. Um, and you really have to kind of have that moment of, like, you know what I mean? Like, like, I remember one night working and, like, talking to a coworker and being, like, what are you going to do tonight? And she was, like, only oh, want to watch TV and hang out with my boyfriend and eat food. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, 
that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. like, why can't I be someone who does that? Like, why do I have to go out every single night? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Why am I choosing to do that? Is it worth it? And I think I'm still trying to decide yeah. uh, whether it's worth it or not. But I feel like it is. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to do it. Do you do comedy full-time? Do I make money full-time? <laughs> Like, yeah. is it my... Is it, right, is this your is this your job to be a stand-up com- uh, comic? You know, not, no. Like, not at the moment. I supplement my income with a job. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I don't know a lot of people who do in Atlanta. There's a few. There's a few. Um, but they're a lot more experienced than me, you know, and they have, like, support networks. And, you know, they've thought about it for a really long time probably (laughs) um no i don't do it i would say i do it full time because i do it every day almost you know Mm -hmm. um but i don't make full-time money off of it now Mm -hmm. so by doing it every day does that get tiring for you does it feel like you're on a loop yeah (laughs) yeah yeah So how do you stay, how do you stay, because I can understand, like, because you're doing, maybe, I mean, I'm sure maybe the set varies day to day, but how do you keep yourself interested in it, and how do you keep having fun? You know, that's such a good question. Um, Hmm. I hope hope someone has an answer. Yeah. (laughs) I would say you don't, you know what I mean? It's not fun a lot. It's a lot of not fun. Um. But you just, it's, that's just the way it is. Like with a job, you know, you mm-hmm. just do it. Um, but there is a lot of fun. Like, so in theater, you know, you like, you have to interact with other people. You have to, it's a group effort, right? Um, which was kind of a struggle for me. So in stand-up, one of the ways that I stay like engaged is that it's just me. Like I don't have to interact with other people i don't have to do anything i don't want to do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. in this way so you know i find that to be really engaging that you know it's always there's nothing that's holding me back but me i can always make as much progress as i want kind of Mm. i like yeah yeah does that make any sense i like it 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 was very unique (laughs) oh <laughs> so uh now i want to ask you um because uh, you, you said you've been doing it for three years right that's how long you said three or four it could be four now okay we'll say four four years back. four years of of uh standing up and so tell me what is the largest crowd you've ever performed for and on the flip side what is the smallest crowd you've ever performed for Oh, the smallest crowd would be no one. Nope. <laughs> That's fair. Have you like, have have you ever done a room where no one was in there? Um, well, it doesn't start out that way cuz why would you do that? But um, <laughs> right. eventually, it's true. eventually there's there's no one. <laughs> <laughs> like those two people and you walked one of them and now the other one's walking and you're like, "Oh, okay." All right. <laughs> And they're not, like, leaving. They're just going to the other room. But, you know, right. at that point, it's like, do I just stop talking? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess I'll just 
done. Uh, or, you know, if it's a show, there's probably a host. So you're like just doing it to the host. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So there you go. That's the smallest. What's the biggest one? Uh, that's tough. I don't know. Um, lots of people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Lots- like, I've never done like an arena, but like maybe like uh, 200. Wow. Maybe. Have you ever have you ever gotten to perform at a comedy festival? I have, yes. So, what, um, how many people go to that? I'm assuming that's a lot of people. Well, so I don't sign up for festivals. I just if I'm invited, I'll go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've only been to a few, but they um, typically they have like smaller shows, right? Like so there's like simultaneously multiple shows going on right it's not always like a big one big show um so you know us noobs we get put on those like smaller satellite shows um (laughs) so they're like more reasonable crowds of like you know 50 (laughs) or 20 Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah what is it like to perform at a comedy festival just describe that experience it, it is it's interesting, you know, because you're really not performing for audiences. You're really doing it to peers. Like, I think the point of festivals is kind of to network with other comedians and, like, see what comedians in other cities are doing. Um, so in that way, it's, like, really fun. Like, I have a lot of fun seeing other people jokes that I haven't heard before. <laughs> um I just kind of being like, oh, that's your city flavor. That's odd. Like, you would be terrible in Atlanta. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> or like, whoa, I would do terrible in your city. Like, um, that's really fun. And, you know, traveling and seeing it in front of other audiences is fun because, you know, they haven't heard you before. Right. But, and yeah. and I think that that's a very interesting point that you make of like, uh, you know, a comedian in New York might not do as well as in like Alabama, say, you know what I mean? Like uh, that's mm-hmm. a very, you made a very interesting point there. And that's not something I've ever thought about where local regional comedians sometimes might be best for their region. Oh yeah. Yeah. A lot of times. I'm, yeah. This, that's never even crossed my mind. So what, how did you come to realize that? Uh, leaving town. <laughs> <laughs> Like, or, you know, you do shows and you see people from other towns and you're just like, oh, like, you guys do a lot of opt-outs or, <laughs> you know, your town really likes, uh, like, so what is it? Like, L.A., they do a lot of opt-outs mm-hmm. um, and, uh, like, Boston and Chicago and all that. They do a lot of, like, wordplay and puns. Um, you know, Atlanta, not so much. We're more of just, like, strict, like, set it up knock it down kind of yeah. jokes uh-huh. or like storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, those, those are the only things I've learned. That's not much, but it's a little bit. That's very cool though. And that's something now that I'm going to, I mean, you can look out for and you can see where and try to figure out where a comedian is from based off the types of jokes that they're telling. For sure. For sure. You know, like when you get bigger, I think part of um, rising to the top is kind of squashing the regional um, influences or at least like using them in a more broad sense like mm-hmm. uh, because you want to appeal to like mass 
people. You want to appeal to like middle America. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so that's, you kind of lose that when you, mm-hmm. I think, tour a lot. Gotcha. And now you, uh, I I got to meet you because I interviewed one of your friends, Sam Severin, a couple weeks ago, yeah. um, who she's awesome. That was such a fun interview. I had a blast talking yeah. with her. So how did you yeah. meet Sam and how did you guys uh, become friends? Uh, I met Sam at comedy. Just, you know, I was the weird girl who like kept showing up to shows <laughs> and watching them. You know, after a while, people were like, who the hell are you? You know what I mean? Like. You don't go up and do it, but you keep showing up. Like, what's the problem? Uh, and, yeah, I, we just met. Sam was, like, uh, rightfully very, uh, what's the word, apprehensive of me at first. Mm-hmm. As you are in stand-up because you meet so many people mm-hmm. and you meet so many crazy people. <laughs> um, you know, you kind of have, like, borders or boundaries. Um but I just remember after a while, she would, like, say hi or say nice things. And she was like, I like her eyebrows. And I was like, oh, yeah, I blow them on. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, oh, that's too honest. Don't tell me all that. And, and, you know, I think that first show, one time I, like, offered to give her a ride to her house. And then we just slowly became friends. Uh-huh. And then what, what uh, brought you guys to the point where you started creating comedy together? Oh... Um, I think it's like after hanging out for a while, we realized that we had like a similar style, you know, we're both kind of like alternative or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and we both just, I, we just hung out so much. We would watch um, Rock of Love. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen that show. <laughs> it is a brilliant piece of American culture. <laughs> Everyone should watch the first season of Rock of Love. It should be the Smithsonian. It's Beautiful. And we would just make jokes. And when I, you know, when I did theater, we would write like little skits. And I was just like thinking, like, wouldn't it be cool if we did a show where, you know, in between comics was like a like a skit, like a story that like kept progressing. So there was like no moment in the show that wasn't entertaining. Like there was no pauses. There was like always something happening. Um, and she, one day, someone came up to her and was like. I have an opportunity. I want to like help you start a show or help a comic start a show. It's not you, you know, someone else is saying, like, oh, we don't have a show idea. Should we? So I should just tell them no. And I was like, are you crazy? <laughs> like, <laughs> just say yes. Like, just say yes and we'll write a show. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so we just wrote a show about two stupid girls who love Rock of Love and like hallucinated that they saw Brett Michaels. <laughs> and that's how it got started wow and, and so i was looking up i uh, before the interview i was googling um your name and i was googling you and sam's name together and it brought me to a very interesting blog that i want to ask you about mm-hmm. um, do you know what blog i'm referring to um well i hope it's mine because if it's not i I don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah well let let's see let's see if you know it um it's called journey to the bachelor oh yeah yeah that's my blog so can you explain to me uh and for the people who are listening who don't know what journey to the bachelor is explain what it is and how it came to be and then what happened with it (laughs) (laughs) oh well so journey to the bachelor is still uh you know a work in progress 
I like, like two years ago, I was, you know, I started standing up and I was really unhappy in life. And um, I was like, kind of wanting to like, like improve myself or like get, be a better person or like work out and be more attractive or something. Um, eat right, take care of myself. <laughs> um, and I was like, I just started watching The Bachelor with my roommate and I like couldn't believe the show. I was just like, this is the most absurd thing I've ever seen. It's like a billion seasons long. How have I not heard of it? Like all of America watches it. It comes on like every week and it's like two hours long. Sometimes it's three hours long. Like I was just blown away by the show. And I just thought it would be funny. At first, I really, I was so broke, I needed money. <laughs> yeah. I, like, just got fired or quit my job or something, and I needed money right then. And so I started this GoFundMe to get on The Bachelor, um, and I was asking for, like, thousands of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to see how much people will give me, you know, like, you know, the worst case scenario is I get nothing, which is where I'm at now. And the best case scenario is just goes viral or something, and I get thousands of dollars, and then I just figure it out from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, when I was, like, putting this GoFundMe together, I was, like, trying to make it seem as legit as possible, right? Like, uh, uh, I, don't, I was trying to make it seem like... And I was trying to make the campaign legit. Like, I contacted this girl, and I was like... I want to do, like, a true-life video where you, like, follow me as I, like, do these insane diets and, like, you know, like, I go to makeup tutorials and I, like, get plastic surgery and all this stuff <laughs> to, like, see if I could end up looking like a contestant on The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, we started, the, I started to go fund me and it got me to share not a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> and so I kind of learned a little bit, you know, marketing-wise. I should have done like a bigger campaign and kind of had more of like a, oh, if you donate this amount, you get this, and if you donate this amount, you know, like in retrospect, I could have done it a little bit better, but I think I did get a few, a couple hundred dollars out of it, which helped me survive when I was so <laughs> broke. Um, and I like, I started the blog to kind of motivate myself to actually do those things, right? Mm. As kind of like a, well, you know, I'm not going to diet for myself. That sucks. But if millions of people are watching me do it, I have to do it. You know what I mean? Like, right. like uh, that's going to be my checks and balances. So everything kind of fell through. The video person, you know, fell through. The producer fell through. Um, I didn't get a lot of money to start it out. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't have any money, so I couldn't, like, do any of these things. Um, and then my mom passed away she died just like completely derailed all of it and so it ended up turning into like a therapy thing like actually I got on NPR for the blog because it they said it seemed like such a confessional thing Mm -hmm. like I was using it to like talk to my mom about my life (laughs) uh which was interesting like right before almost like right before she died is when I got on NPR for the blog and I got to like tell her that which was pretty cool mm-hmm. um but after that I kind of fell off on writing it or doing the thing but it's like always in the back of my head like I want to bring it back 
and I was thinking like next year maybe I will. Um, like I'm gonna get a new website and then I'm gonna try and I was like, because me and Sam went and we tried out for the Bachelor, <laughs> and my girls were like making fun of me um, because you know I don't look like someone who should be on that show. Like I have like stains on my dress, like I'm a little chubby, like you know my nose is shaped weird, and I clearly don't have lip injections. So, um, you know the, the whole joke of the thing was that you know you can be as beautiful as you want, you just have to have a fuck ton of money right right um so if i didn't get the money then it wasn't really gonna work Mm -hmm. um but i still think it would be funny to try and do it yeah and you know what i'll say jen you know what i'll say you know what you have that none of the girls who will ever be on the bachelor will ever have don't say unique i was gonna say a uniqueness (laughs) (laughs) no i do that's so true i mean i don't you know, like when I did the campaign, like part of the things that I wrote out was like uh, roadblocks, and one of the like really big roadblocks of getting on that show would be I have tattoos, mm. I don't have a ton of tattoos, mm-hmm. um, and they don't typically accept women with tattoos. So, um, you know, maybe one day they'll have a unique bachelor, and they'll want to meet <laughs> that through A unique bachelor, one day. Well, you know what? I don't watch the show, but if you were on it, I I would I would vote. Can do you vote? Thank you. Do you vote? Does the public vote? The public doesn't vote. No. Oh well, then I would I would I would call somebody. But you know you you vote with your views. So. Exactly, I would be a viewer. If you would watch it, then that's like a vote. Exactly, and then we could have you back on the show. It would be a big deal. Oh yeah. Yes, look at this. We're already planning. So next year... And I'll be like, I'm a billionaire. I don't have any time. I'm sorry. <laughs> right, right. Next year, at this time, when you've been accepted to The Bachelor, we'll reschedule yeah, and we'll do happen, another yeah. interview, okay? Does that yeah. sound good? Okay. So, yeah. Jen, for you, do you feel satisfied at, at where you are comedically? Or do you uh, want to get better and do more? Wouldn't it be funny if I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. I was wrong. No. Yeah. Um, I love where I am, and I think I'm in the right place. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there there's a lot of competition um, somewhere, not in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> and Atlanta, we kind of joke about how we're all really nice because there's not any industry here. Uh, yeah. So why would we be mean to each other? We're not even really competing for anything. <laughs> but, um, that's not completely true, but also, you know, what I, I, I said before, like, what I like about stand-up is that it's at your own pace. Like, you, it's just you. It's always just you. So, like, of course I love where I am because I chose to be where I am. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, maybe I could have, like, done more and, like, gone farther and worked harder than I have, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I'm comfortable where I am. Like, I've always said, like, I don't want to go to a ton of festivals. I don't want to do a ton of touring until I get really good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm taking my sweet-ass time getting there. Yeah. You picked your path, and what's important is you're happy with it, you know? Like, you're yeah. happy with what you're doing. So, for, yeah. for you, what's your ultimate goal when it comes to stand-up mm. or just comedy in general? Mm. You know... 
I my like what I've always wanted since I was a kid is to be a writer for the Daily Show or mm-hmm. to like be a correspondent. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always been like a dream of mine. Like if that ever happened, I'd be like, oh, I fucking made it. <laughs> <laughs> but like even now, that seems like such a small dream to have. You know what I mean? Like that's like a stepping stone to like go even farther. Like. You know, mm. like I'd like to write movies one day, mm-hmm. you know, I want to be like the next Judd Apatow um, or like write like books and shit. Like I'm definitely going towards the writer side of things because I'm not the best stand up <laughs> <laughs> comic performance wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that, you know, it's just, you know, it's such a great way to get out and like see if the writing is any good and. You know, I feel like you should always be working on things that you're uncomfortable with, like performing on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to be a successful writer who makes a ton of money after she's been on The Bachelor. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So, uh, Jen... So, attainable goals. Right? <laughs> right. Jen, I have just... I have one more question for you. It's a question I ask every single one of my guests. Um, it's always the conclusion of the show. Um, so, pressure's on. Good luck. Ooh. Ooh, okay. Here we go. Um, if you were to give one piece of advice to someone who eventually wants to be in your shoes, what piece of advice would you give them? I'd say, get out of my shoes. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why do you want my shoes? I have size 11 feet, so those are big-ass shoes. So I would put, like, three pairs of socks on first. Um, and currently, my shoelaces are blinking, so bring some of those. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh oh. that was that's that's a fantastic answer i'm okay with that thank you thank you i'm okay i no one has ever said that before so once again look at that <laughs> look at that look look at that so uh jen for anyone who wants to like see you perform maybe or follow your comedy career what are mm-hmm. what are ways that that they can find mm-hmm. you or get in touch mm-hmm. um right now i'm like working on a website but right now the best way is to follow me on facebook and instagram um hashtag wtf jim on facebook and i'm fake underscore news underscore reporter on instagram <laughs> uh, right now that's the best way but I'll be on the website one day. One day. One day. I like it. One day. I like it. Well, Jen, thank you so much for being a guest on my show. Thank you for having me. I will say, I will say, you are genuinely, I think, one of the most nice people I have ever interviewed. Like, you're just so (laughs) kind. (laughs) Well... (laughs) Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> and see, and see, I don't know. I don't know if you're laughing that hard because in your heart you're like, "But I'm a mean person. How do you get that?" But you genuinely, as I was talking to you, I'm like, "She's so nice. You're such a oh. nice person." So for what real, I, I I appreciate you coming on, and I loved hearing about your story, and uh, it was a blast talking with you. Yes, thank you so much for asking. I had a lot of fun. Of course, and to anybody listening, remember, you can find us and find more of our shows at our website at www.talkinglatenight.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Talking Late Night, and you can also find us on iTunes, 
Talking Late Night, where you can rate and leave us a review. So thanks again to for listening. Thanks again to Jen, our most unique guest of all time, for being on the show. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>